Welcome to Winning in the Workplace. This is Maurice Velasquez, the show where we help executives, middle managers, and frontline team members get re-engaged with each other, work better with each other and throughout the, the organization, and create leadership and growth throughout all levels of the organization. In short, and ultimately, we help executives, middle managers, and frontliners win in the workplace. All right, so I'm here with with Nathan Velasquez. Nathan, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'm under uh, under the impression we're talking about sales today. How do we yeah, increase our sales? Yeah, uh, and I think it's a great topic because every business owner and everybody in the company is concerned. Look, if sales aren't happening, then we're going to have problems. Right. And yeah, so yeah. we need to be able to tackle this and have a good game approach and a good uh, a good understanding of how we should tackle sales and increase business. Without guessing at things so much, yeah. So that's that's what I think would be good to, to discuss. It's it's a it's a very popular topic and very needed. What part of the process are we looking at today? Well, uh, we're looking at the 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 process where, uh, in the in the front end of the of the of the okay. process, okay, uh, where sales reps they're they're having conversations with the with their prospects. You know, they get that important meeting. They they work really hard. To get that meeting, right? Uh, oh, lots yeah. of phone calls, lots of me, and they set the meeting up. Uh huh. Okay? Oh yeah. But at that meeting, certain things happen and certain things don't happen that most sales reps don't take advantage of having really good substanti- substantial conversation about key points and key questions that would increase the confidence of prospects to say, you know, I want to do business with this person. This person seems very knowledgeable. They're very good at this, and you can tell that. But what we tend to do is we set up a meeting, we rush it, we wing, we 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 shoot from the hip. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we we rely too much on uh, trying to figure it out instead of just asking them. Uh, we put together a proposal. We we overpromise that we're going to put together a proposal. Mm. Then we go to our manager and or our technical people and we put pressure on them to get us a quote, get us a proposal, get us some pricing information. But we really didn't have key conversations about the cl- with the client about what is it that they need? What are their technical needs? What is the budget? Mm. What are the expectations? Because we rush that conversation way too much. So what we're going to talk about today is seven or eight key conversations, key topics, key questions that we should have in those meetings. So if we use the regular standard approach that salespeople use out of like maybe 10 prospects what what do you think someone would get using the run of the mill method that we're well trying to fix? uh that's a good question all right so you okay if we let's make it 20 so we get yeah, some yeah, numbers 20. to work with um uh the, the yeah if you if you if you if you contact 20 people if you set up 20 meetings uh-huh okay um you might put a proposal for seven people and you get one quote okay that's a lot now people. if that one quote pays the bills and it makes it rain awesome Right, but that's right. a lot of people you have to Right, and so a lot of times um, we get calls, hey, we want to increase that, and people think that what that means is let's do 30 calls, let's have 12 proposals and close two hmm. or close three. That's, 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 we like to think of it the other way. Yeah. It's better to have 14 meetings or 15 meetings, right? Yeah. Put eight or nine solid proposals and get four and five yeses. So less meetings, more solid proposals, and more closings. And it has everything to do with the conversation I have with the prospects in that first and second meeting. So it doesn't become four, five, six, seven meetings in one extreme, or it doesn't become a guessing game of, man, 
I thought they were going to close it. Yeah, because you guessed too much. What we're trying to eliminate and what we'll cover today is eliminate the guessing game. Just have the conversation so that those numbers that you and I talked about can be much more within the range to increase your sales. So these eight steps should be able to not only lower the amount of like 20 calls that you're probably trying to make in a day, but also increase your number of meetings. Exactly. Okay. Actually, you're batting less, but you're batting better. Right. Okay. Very okay. nice. Yeah. You, you increase your batting average. Okay. Uh, and again, by doing it the other way, you're swinging a lot. There's a lot of activity, but there's an incredible amount of frustration and the likeliness of you getting base hits and, and good proposals and good closes are going to more than likely be low. Exciting stuff. Yeah, so let's let's jump right into them. Okay. Okay. So uh, uh, whenever whenever a client whenever a pro, uh, whenever a sales rep sets up a meeting with a client, uh, they want to know, of course, about the company. And what I what I encourage and I ask all of you, everyone listening, is to just have these these eight items written down, mm-hmm. so that the sales rep knows that in the conversation that we're having, we're kind of like a checklist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yes, uh, to follow this rule, you don't put a quote and you don't promise a quote unless we go through these questions. Okay. Okay. And that's a very tough discipline. Sales reps want to quickly be able to say, oh yeah, I can get you a quote. No. What I tell sales reps, especially in sales managers, when I'm the sales manager is no, no, hold on. You didn't get all the information. We can't put together a quote, go back to the client and have the conversation and let them tell you these things. Hmm. You don't, you're not the one that's supposed to guess these things. Don't go on their website and say, Oh, I read from your website that, and the client says, yes, 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 yes. And then you come back and tell the sales manager, well, I talked with them. No, you didn't talk with them. Okay. Because you actually were just the one telling them what you read or what you found out. And all they said was yes or no, but you didn't let them say it to you. Right. So what you do is you ask open-ended questions and you let them talk and then you ask more questions based on what they said, but you're keeping track of what topics you cover so that you, in the first and second converse, uh, first and second meetings, you know you covered everything. Right. Okay. So the first two things to talk about with the client are, number one, is what are their needs? What are they needing? Hmm. And it, the question is as simple as saying, so thank you for having me here. Tell me, what is it that you're needing to accomplish? Why are you wanting? Can I use your example? Because I know you're a videographer. Can yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, what do you, what are you looking, what are you needing to accomplish with this video? Mm-hmm. And you let them talk, you let them tell you. And, yeah. and the more they tell you what they're needing, if they trust you, they're going to tell you some very deep needs. Yeah. Okay. I need this commercial to be very impacting because my competition, let's say you were doing a, com- a video commercial for a politician. Okay. Right. And well, I need this because they're over, they're overspending me three to one. And so I need my video to be, you see, they're telling you pains. Yeah. Okay. But in order to get to pains, they need to tell you what they need first. Mm. And, and what you're trying to find out by their needs is the second point, which what are their pains? Okay. And they'll tell you things. Well, look, I need just one video. He's doing three or four videos. I can't, I need one video that can speak to three areas in my campaign. Because if I don't, then my people aren't going to hear me. The people are not going to understand why I'm running for office and I don't have the budget. See, just in that small conversation, they're being, being very intimate with you hmm. about what they need and what, is, what pains are driving that need. 
And well, I mean, it seems like with these first two, one is definitely going to inform the other. Could you start with pains and go yes, to needs? You, start you, with you needs, could, go you, to pain. Yeah, and you'll see that a lot of these points are like dominoes. You could start in the middle and work your way out, okay. or start at the end and work your way back, or you would start at the beginning. It doesn't really matter. It, a lot of times it depends on the personality because there's some personalities that jump around. Yeah. And there's those that like a very methodical approach. So you got to read the personality. And if you come across or your, your prospect's a very methodical person, then you take it one step at a time. If this person jumps around, we'll jump around with them. But you know you still need to cover these eight topics so you can then tell them, if, 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 I, if I know this information, I'll, better, I'll be able to put, the, put together for you a better quote a better proposal, and what you're needing will be more guaranteed to succeed because I won't be guessing. I'm taking all the guessing out of work. And it's okay to tell the prospect that that's what you're doing. Mm. As a matter of fact, that's what you want to tell them when you're setting up the meeting on that initial call, that that's why we're needing 30, 45 minutes to talk. So, so it's okay to jump around, uh, and it's okay for these to kind of play off of each other. But when you talk about needs, you know that soon you'll be touching on pains. Right. Or if they're talking pains, then so it, that's why you start with that. And you let them talk about their pains, their needs. And the more they talk about it, the more intimate they'll become. And that means that they're trusting you, that they're confiding in you. And really, they're buying from you. OK, but it's a very uh, it's a very consultative, a human approach to sales rather than just me asking you a lot of questions. And all I've given you the opportunity to say yes or no. So you, you almost want to be more, feel like a friend to them almost more at this yeah. point, like not a salesperson who's just trying to get, like just really ask them that's how they good, could get help. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. I use the term consultative, but that is really what it is. I need a friend in the business. I need a friend in the industry. I need someone I can trust, that I can tell you everything I need, because if I want to have you do my video, if I'm going to have you do my website, if I'm going to have you do my whatever it is, fix my air conditioning, it's going to cost a lot of money. If you mess this up, I'm going to look bad internally. So I need someone that's going to cover me, someone that I can trust, that I can bring into this. And next month or six months from now, when I need somebody else again, I don't, I don't want to start this conversation all over again. I need someone that I can rely on for my, bex, my, my next deal. So, yeah, um, the way to establish that confidence and level of trust is to ask them, tell me about what you're needing Tell me what, what are the pains that you feel are driving this, and let me understand. And it's okay for them to talk, and you take a lot of notes, and you validate them. You let them know that you're listening, that you care. Let's, uh, let's jump right into, into the third topic that sales reps uh, need to talk to prospects about so as to increase their level of confidence with that prospect uh, and win that trust that all sales reps need in order to uh, increase their sales so that when they put the proposals at the back end, all the client has to do is sign. Okay, so uh, to, to summarize it is to increase sales, you want to have certain conversations, which is what certain topics in your conversation with prospects up front so that when it's time to have that conversation about let's sign the deal. You, the client has really nowhere, nowhere else to think about because they've talked with these, the, these things about you. And there's been some verbal affirmations of the things that, that pertain to closing a deal. Whereas instead, most sales reps tend not to want to talk about these things. They guess at it. 
They put together a proposal, they present it, and the client pretty much has to go and think a lot about it or go talk to a bunch of people. But that wasn't taken care of in, on the front end. So uh, the third topic is, it's this question. Tell me what you're looking for. Let's use the example of a video, okay? Sure. Tell me what, what is it that you want your video to look like. Do you have an idea of what you want your video to look like? Do you have an idea of what you want your website to look like? Uh, do you have, uh, can we go and look at some commercials and you can tell me which ones you like, which ones you don't like? Can you show me the website? Okay. Uh, what I, the question that I ask is whenever I do professional services or consulting, it, it sounds like this. Tell me what you would like the training to be when we come on site. Would it be at your facility? Are you thinking of four hour sessions? Uh, can we go walk and see the facility? Um, and tell me a little bit of what you've done in the past that has worked and not worked. And then listen, let them talk and then ask questions based on that. Because let me ask you, if you don't ask those questions, how do you know what video to put together? You don't, and it's going to probably suck in the end because there's nothing to go on. <laughs> you're right. Because you're guessing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, then you want to remove the guesswork, but it's more than just removing the guesswork. Is You're removing the guesswork to allow something else to be put in its place, and that's confidence. Mm. Because the client is confident that you're asking the right questions and you're letting the client, the prospect, tell you. It's not a horse and pony show. It's a conversation, very similar to the conversation you and I are having. It's a calm conversation, sometimes a little more excited based on the personality of the, of the prospect you have, but it's a conversation uh, about, uh, at this point, what is it that they want to see happen? Tell me what solution you want to see happen. Okay, and it can be about anything. If it's an air condition, tell me what you want to see happen. Don't assume that just because they called you about uh, your air conditioning services or your painting services or your website services, you know what I'm saying, that, oh, well, I know what you're needing because you wouldn't have called me. No, you don't. You don't really know what they need, and if you don't ask and you don't let them tell you, then you're going to miss a key part, and you're going to be guessing on that proposal. Um, so something else in that, it, in the conversation regarding desire solutions is you, you can take advantage of this, of, this, of this topic by asking things like, tell me what's worked for you in the past. Tell me what, what, what hasn't worked for you in the past. What is it that you want to make sure happens? And a lot of times that conversation gets into the competition yeah. because they'll tell you, well, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we did some training last year and it just did not work well, Maurice. Okay, can, can you tell me who... Who you weren't with. Well, I went with ABC Company. Or sometimes they're not comfortable telling you, and that's fine. What you don't do, you don't ever trash your competition. Okay? Uh, if they tell you things like, well, it just didn't go well because of A, B, or C, or D, you know, they tell you several things, you say, oh, okay, well, I, I have to make sure that I don't do that, right? Yeah, okay, so what's, what things did they do really well that you want to make sure I do? Well, I'll tell you what they did do that I liked a lot, Okay. They had a lot of manipulatives on the table. So it wasn't just the workbooks. They had things for people to play with and doodle during the workshops. Do you do that? I said, well, I can certainly do that. That's no problem. We normally do, but I can definitely make sure that we don't accidentally remove that and didn't know you wanted that. Oh, no, no, I like that. Okay, again, yeah. see, they're telling you stuff that they wouldn't tell anybody if they didn't trust you. But if you're not open to that conversation and you guesswork at it, mm -hmm. then your people who are doing the setup for the class – are going to make some decisions. So we put candy on the table. No, I don't think we need to put candy on this one. Ah, but they didn't know because you didn't communicate it because you didn't ask. Right. So that's what, that's what we mean by the desired solution. 
What's the desired solution that you want to see happen? Okay. All right. And then uh, it looks like we were also talking about the timeline. Where does that? Fit yeah, in? timeline. Um, th- this almost this one almost seems obvious, but it's incredible how much sales reps we don't ask that. Okay, I'll use again the example of videographer. When would you like the video to run? Mm-hmm. See, not when do you want me to deliver to you the video? Okay, if you're painting, you don't say by when do you want me to have that finished. Mm-hmm. You want to say is by when do you want to show the house? Because yeah. you need to un- you need to speak more in terms of the pains and needs of what they have the overall project, because it shows that you're more business oriented. But if you just ask your component of it, you're not really talking at a leadership level with them. But if you you know if it's for a cake, you don't ask when do you want me to deliver it to you. As you ask is so when's the wedding? Mm. Okay, and they say well the wedding is is next sun it's next Saturday at two o'clock. Then you work with them backwards and you say, okay, so if it's two o'clock, we need to have that cake in your, now where is it? Oh, it's in San Francisco. Oh, okay. So it's a good 45 minutes away. So, so we need to be out there no later than seven thirty that morning. And they'll tell you things like, oh, well, no, we weren't planning to be there till eight o'clock or nine 30. Okay. Well then we need to coordinate this because I need that cake there. And I, I like to give myself a good hour to make sure nothing goes wrong. So you're, you're, you're planning with them. Yeah. Right. And if they sit there and go, okay, now hold on, let me do this. Let's do this. So you're coming in at 8.30 and they start pulling out a sheet of paper. You guys can get to a whiteboard and you're coordinating the timeline. What are they doing? They're buying from you. Yeah, yeah. Because they wouldn't be doing that if they didn't have the confidence with you. But you, because you asked an open-ended question about a very real issue that should be discussed, you didn't guess on it, then you're, you're helping them build a confidence about how you handle business. Okay. So that's why I like to say whenever we do consulting or training, by when do you need everybody train in that? Okay. And then they tell me, well, well we need that train. So, and then I work a, a timeline back. Also, uh, uh, kind of like a little strategy or a little trick on all uh, that, that, I, that I like to use here, and it works very well, is whenever you set your timeline, don't shoot for sooner. Shoot for later and let them bring you to sooner. So, for example... Uh, they say, you, they say, well, I'm not really quite sure when we want to do it. I said, so it, what if we shoot for having the training finished in five months? See, you shot longer. Okay. If they say, well, no, 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 no. I, I need this in two months. Well, they just told you an incredible piece of information. They need it sooner. And they're the ones that establish the, t- the urgency. So then you say, Okay, so I need to get this proposal get back, figured out real quickly, and we need to sign. I would say, if you need it in two months, we need to be able to sign this. Um, I say we got to sign this in less than three weeks, right? Okay, so really, you look at your calendar. So we got to have this signed no later than gosh, June the eighteenth. What do you think? Because if June eighteenth, and if they pull out their phone and they start working this timeline with you on when you're going to sign the proposal, yeah, okay, and yet you still haven't covered budget yet, what are they doing? They're buying. They're still buying. Yeah. They're still buying. It's just that they're buying it one step at a time. But you're walking them through the steps of the buying process without leaving the big yes or no at the end. You're getting them to say yes to a lot of things because you're involving them in the process and you're simply bringing them into the process by asking the right questions of the process. Now, what if the, ha- if the reverse happens? You say, um, well, I think we, all, we could do this in about five months. 
And they said, well, no, no, no. I don't, I, actually, we can't do this until the summer of 2019. Okay, well, now you realize you, you're, you're building your pipeline. You can't expect this deal to close soon. So now you have to be realistic and go tell your manager the real timeline and not overpromise. Yeah, I think they're going to want it soon. Well, did you talk to them about that? Well, no, I'm kind of guessing. Well, that's the problem. Don't guess on the timeline. So if they say, no, it'll be a year from now, fine. They say, great, all right, well, let's, let's, let's timeline it. All right, so if you're looking for summer and then summer of next year, you do the same exercise. You just timeline from there and get an agreement on when you need to sign, when you need to put together a proposal, when they're going to be able to start delivery. Then we get, and then we, you work it out on paper. Say, great, all right, so I'll make sure that on the quote, we include the timeline. It'll say exactly what we talked about. Now, if you are talking with someone about the timeline and the prospect feels like that might be moving too quickly in the process, is there a way to give them the confidence to talk about the timeline? Sure, sure, absolutely. We'll talk about that at the end of the, toward the end. Or how about you think about it, we'll meet next week, and let's talk about timelines so that I know what to put in the quote. Okay, all right, but don't give them the quote before going over the timeline. How do you know? That's right. Okay. Yeah, it's exactly right. So let's dive in right into previous attempts. This is very t- closely tied to desired solutions. Remember I mentioned to you that sometimes you can segue these together or time together. Oh, yeah. But I like to keep them separate because if you're the sales rep, if, you, if your brand all of a sudden goes to desired solutions, well, then go there. And if your brain goes to previous attempts, that's fine. Go, just tie them together. But I like to keep them separate because you want to have at least an understanding that they're two different topics. Um, because... Uh, in previous attempts, the reason they're talking with you is because they've either tried something in the past or they haven't. Yeah. So you want to ask them, have you made, have you done this before? And you want to just let them say yes or no. If they say no, well, then you know that you're going to be the first one. So you've got to give them a lot of confidence that you're not guinea pigging them and that, they, and that they, because they're relying on you to make sure it works well. Right, right. Right. If they say, yes, I've done this before, then say, great, can you tell me a little bit about it? In their brain, they're mostly going to go to, oh, I think you're wanting me to tell you my, uh, what it costs and, and the, the, the budget and the competitors, and they're going to be a little afraid telling you that. So what you want to quickly say is, what you, what you really want to quickly follow up is, when you ask them, can you tell me a little bit about that, tell me what worked and what didn't work. And they realize, oh, okay, you're not going to dive in or dig into competition. You're not going to dive into my budget. You're really just wanting to know real business things like how do you make sure this is a successful, ven- successful venture? Okay. Now, you know you got to talk about the competition you know, or the competitive uh, 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 challenges or in, and the cost, but that's later. Okay. Okay. So it's a great question to alleviate the fears and increase the confidence to ask him what, what have been your previous attempts. Okay. okay. All right. That's good. That's All right. good. Then the jury pool. The jury pool is, is basically who else is involved in this, and can we talk with them? Can we talk with them together? Can I go talk to them for you? Uh, can I go talk to them separately? Can I talk with you on how you could go talk with them? A lot of sales reps and a lot of owners take a firm position that it's got to be either one or the other. I basically say don't. Don't force that. Okay. Because you want to know the next thing, and that's what's their internal process. What's their internal culture of making decisions? That will likely dictate the politics internally of who's talking to whom. So you got to be really open to offering many of those solutions. Can we talk with them together? 
No, 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 no. I, no, no, no. I need to go talk to him. Okay, great. Well, then great. You need to talk to him. So what you want to say is, well, how about you and I spend some time together? Because if, if you're going to talk to him, they're going to hit you with a lot of things that you've got to have answers to. So how about, how about we spend some time and I, and I help you behind the scenes and I prep you for that? If I'm sitting in a, in a room with a prospect and we're talking about the previous attempts that they've gone to, and I then try to transition into the jury pool, trying to ask, like, really, who else am I going to be convincing in order to make this deal work? How do you transition that? Or what's a good first question to ask to figure out cause it, to get that information of who else are you going to go talk yeah, to? Yeah, so what you're asking is the segues. Right, Yeah, right. We, we have a whole radio show that we've recorded and a podcast oh, okay. just dedicated for how to segue. Okay. And right. how to use segues. But let me, let me, let me at least answer the question. Like, what's okay. the first question to get this info from them? The D- jury pool. The jury pool? Yeah. Uh, uh, it all depends which one you were talking about. But if, you, if okay. you're going straight down the line, then you know you've got to get to jury pool. It's very easy to say, okay, so... I'm very good with that. Look at your paperwork. Says, would you mind if I ask you a little bit on 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 who's involved with you in this process? I'm sure you're you're going to sign off on it, right? Yeah, I sign off on it. Who else is involved, both at the signature level, and who do you need to go run around that is behind the scenes that you need to get there, like the IT people? Do we need to talk to the IT people? Okay, um, that makes sense. You're uh, perhaps purchasing, uh, perhaps. Um, uh, perhaps some folks in in, ma- in the building maintenance. If I have to get into the roof to install the air conditioner, yeah. Okay, you, you're going to have to talk with them, right? So they're involved. Okay. So what are their concerns? What are their issues? See, you ask that question. So almost the needs and the pains of it, everyone else. Exactly. Okay. See that that that's it. That's All it. Right. And then, and then if you can tell that they don't know what their pains and needs are, mm-hmm. then you know your proposal is going to be held back. Yeah. True. Because when you give it, they haven't gone and checked about everybody else's. That's why. It, that's why it's. That's why it's. It's going to be held back. Okay. If you can tell that they know the pains and needs of everybody, and they're being the voice for everybody else, then that means you're probably are talking to the person that's going to sign off on this deal because they're doing all the walking around internally to make sure everyone's on the same page. Okay. Okay. However, the fear and what mostly happens is this: is you start asking about the jury pool, and they say, "Well, yeah." They kind of downplay the other players. They go, yeah, I, I, I have to talk to IT, but gosh, uh, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll figure that out. See that right there? That is a clear sign your proposal is going to sit when you present it. Uh, no Be- calls back. But why? Because he, he, he or she hasn't gone and met with the other jury pool to get their buy-in or get their input, but yet everyone knows this project's going to impact everybody, yeah. so i got to get some buy-in. But if you don't ask about the jury pool, I would say, Nathan, this is the number one area. Most people think that budget is the one thing we stay away from the most. It's not the case. The jury pool yeah. is the number one thing that most sales reps are afraid to touch because they don't know what to do with that information. Mm. Okay? So what the, 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 the genius of this is to ask the question and then, at, and then ask the, the secondary questions like, well... Would you like for us to talk? How about we both go talk to IT? Or would you like me to call IT? I've had all scenarios where I've had people say, well, look, do me a favor, Maurice. You call IT, and that guy is going to secure you alive. He doesn't want to do this. But, man, if you can get it out of him why he does it, I'd really appreciate that. What is this person doing? Okay. They're buying from you. Yeah, they're buying. They're buying with from you at a very deep level if they're willing to send you as a as a as a ambassador, even when they tell you. But don't tell them you and I talked. 
Okay. Yeah. And I've had situations. Again, I, I've I've been put in all these scenarios because I asked the question. If they say, "Well, look, let's," I'll use I'll, I'll pick on IT because it's an easy target and it's a little more stereotype and most people. Okay. Um, yeah. Let, let's go talk to IT. But no, um, Maurice. I, I, why don't let me let me put you on a conference call with IT. My answer is great. And would you be okay? Would it be okay if I bring in my technical people to be on the same call? So that my tech people will talk to your tech people and they can talk techie while you and I are just facilitating that conversation. Because, you know, John, you know, Mary, at the end of the day, it's going to be the second layer people, the second level people behind the scenes that are going to kill this thing. Okay, so you want to get their trust, too. So that's why knowing the jury pool. All right. Which begs uh, the other scenario is this one that is that I that I hear probably the most. No, Maurice. Look, let me go talk with them. And then people tend to say, the sales rep almost gets in an argument. No, no, no. I got to be the one that goes talk to them because I don't know how good you're going to sell. And they get into this, this, this controversy. There's no need for that. You take advantage of that. They say, well, no, I, no I'm, I'm more comfortable. Okay. I say, okay, well, then let's do this. How about we do this, Mary? How about I spend some time with you on the major top questions they may have, and I help you know how to answer the questions so that we can have more confidence that they'll like your, your, your presentation. And if they say, yeah, come back next week, let's go over that, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. a lot of buy-in. Nathan, one of my largest contracts that lasted two and a half years, the person that I was talking to would not let me talk to the owners. She wanted to go talk to the owners. I prepped her for three weeks, and we closed the deal, lasted two and a half years at anywhere, because it fluctuated, anywhere from eight to $16,000 a month. Gosh. Okay. All right, the last one is the internal process, and it's very similar well, to... Well, this might be the second to last one. We've got two, I think, coming uh, up in this. Well, yeah, we might want to... Let's put budget on the back end. All right, all right, okay? all right. All right, the internal process is very similar. Uh-huh. If I know your jury pool, then I've just got to figure out the paper flow. Do we need to call friends? Do we do this? And do you want me to help you with that? Do you want me to walk around the building? Do you want me to make the phone calls? Would you like me to keep you updated as to the processes, or do you want to do that? And I'll help you out. Talk about the internal process because that's where the paperwork gets quagmired. Okay? Okay. My favorite one is, hey, Maurice, do me a favor. Call the CFO. Ask him why he won't get it off his desk. But you see, I've already met the CFO or, or the CFO knows that, that I'm involved either in the front end or the, or the second chair of this. And then I call the jury pool to push the internal process and it usually unclogs the decision. So you're pretty much trying to get known by as many people in the building as possible. And when that happens, they're buying from you. Oh, yeah. Well, they know you at that point, I guess, if, if, especially if they're trying to have to sell this to everyone in the company. It works better if they've met you That's already. right. Or at least they've heard about you. That's right. We are talking the eight steps of sales before sending out a quote, and we've gone through the first seven. So what yeah. are we looking at here, Maurice, the last step? All right. So the last one is the, uh, the dreaded one, which is, which is budget. Uh, and so why is it dreaded? Well, because mo- interestingly enough, most of us don't like to talk about money and a lot of sales reps don't like to talk about money. Uh, we actually have a survey like a disc personality survey, which sales reps should take because one of the components, it tells sales managers and the reps themselves, whether they're money averse. And if they're money averse, they're going to stay away from this and they're going to shy away from it, or they're going to skirt conversation or be a superficial conversation because they're not comfortable talking money. What is uh, the prospect? Because the prospect must know that at some point that you're going to have to talk about money, right? It, that, that's a very good point. They know that, ha- that, you ha- that you're going to talk about money. 
but then they see that you're willing to put together a quote without talking about money first. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. It's so, weird. So what? As someone as a salesperson, the salesperson usually is scared of what the prospect is going to say whenever it comes to the budget talk. What right. is the prospect thinking? The prospect's thinking, when is it coming? Okay, so they know. So they know. Salespeople just need to know that they're waiting for it. And don't. if you don't, they're, they're, it's, it just, it's just weird. Yeah, okay. okay. Now, they, the, the, sale, the prospect also hates to talk about money, so they're kind of also liking the fact that you didn't talk about money. So you're going to make it really easy for me to not to talk about money that when you surprise me with your sh- uh, st- uh, sticker shock price, yeah, I don't have to talk about money. All I need to tell you is what? Let me think about it. Okay. And now yeah. I didn't talk about money. You never talked about money. You gave me a quote with a price that I know I can't handle, but we never talked about money. But I'm not going to talk to you about money. I'm just going to tell you uh, I got to go talk to my boss. See the jury pool. So the salesperson giving a standard price is not talking money. That's right, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. And, so, and what they'll do is they'll go hide behind one of the eight points. They'll say, uh, I need to go talk to my boss. Oh, See, okay. jury pool. Or, well, you know, I'm not sure. Um, all right, I got to send this over to my purchasing in Lafayette. See, the internal process. Yeah. Or they'll say, yeah, I just, you know, we've been thinking about it. This isn't what we really need. See, the need. Hmm. Or you know what? This was a real a real problem about a month ago, but things have really changed. See, pain change. They're always going to hide behind one of the other elements. Yeah. But if you talked about all the other elements and you agree that when I put together this proposal, my proposal is going to reflect everything you and I talked about. I'll have it to you on Tuesday. I'll bring it to you. We'll review it together and then we'll sign off of it. And I need you to tell me if anything's changed and we'll talk about anything. Well, if you've already talked about everything, then you've given that prospect the confidence that it's okay to talk about anything because it's already an okay conversation. But if all you do is say, I'll send you a quote. We didn't talk about the specifics of it. I didn't really talk, talk money. And then I do the horrible mistake that most sales reps is look, I'll email you the quote. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I, w- I can't, I don't have statistics, but most of what I see right now, everybody at, at top dollar. And at, let me, let me email that to you. And then I put myself in a position to where I have to go chase you. And then you don't answer my phone calls. Yeah. And then when they finally get you, what do they say? Well, we looked it over with my partners, partners. Oh, I didn't know they were partners. Yeah. Cause you didn't ask about the jury pool. And I talked it over and we realized that we probably don't need that. Oh, I thought. Well, you know, we're going to push that back six months. Oh, there's a timeline. You see, you, you put yourself in a bad position mm. if you just send something and hopefully you caught it. Well, because you, you were guessing at it. Yeah. And they took advantage of the fact that they guessed at it. Now, who, who, who do prospects do business with? They do business with, with people that miraculously guessed correctly or mm. who sat down and talked with them about all this. Okay. And that's, that should encourage all of our listeners Everybody listen to the radio show and the podcast and Facebook Live. Just have these conversations so that when you get to the issue about money, it's more okay and it's not as heavy loaded. Okay. Okay. Uh, but now let's tie in a key factor is that when you talk about money, you have to have already talked about the desired solution so that the, 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 the scope of work of what you want to see happen matches the dollar conversation. Because if you want that conversation, remember that video you and I talked about? If you wanted a four-minute commercial for a two-minute price, I have to be able to tell you that, okay, for a four-minute, the range is going to be this. 
for a two-minute commercial video, it's going to be this. For a 10-minute infomercial, it's going to be that. Can we spend a few minutes and talk about budget and see where we are in the, in the budget based on what you need so we can match the scope of work with a timeline of when you need this and make sure we stay within that budget? And see, that those three things have to go together. So you've already, it, it's basically the old adage of what do you want? Something good, something fast, and something cheap. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, then that's, what, that's the conversation you're having, but in more professional terms. You want something quality, that's the, that's the desired product. Mm-hmm. Okay? You want it fast, that's your timeline. But then you want it cheap or inexpensive, that's the budget discussion. So when you get to that, you need to have discussed about the quality, the timeline, and the budget. And so then you simply say, okay, so $19,000 is way out of your budget. Okay. Be very frank with you. Okay. A website, the scope that you need, it's very difficult to do it under seven, uh, uh, under, under $16,000. Okay. But I can do that if we break it up into perhaps two phases and see if the first phase work, you know what I'm saying? You can come up with, get creative. Right. Right. Okay. I can do that video, but we won't be able to have the six shots all over town. We're going to have to do three and really make the most of it. And I would venture to say it'd be better if in one of the shots we use just one scene with a green screen. Not too much, but that could keep your calls down and I can stay under $16,000. You see that conversation? Yeah. You don't guess at it. You talk to the client and the client says, okay, I like that. Okay, so what I'll do, I'll make sure the proposal stays within that budget. Within, and I'll make sure it reflects that. Wonderful. You've got a verbal. They're buying from you. So what are we going to be, after these eight things, you right. get through this, what are you going to be doing the next step? Like you're done with this meeting. You've gone through everything you need to go through. What's the next step? The next step is let's set up the next meeting. And the next meeting may be a continuation of this because we probably didn't finish all these points. Or let's set up that meeting with the technicians. Let's go, let's go to the, the roof and go look, talk with your maintenance guy. Or let's go set up the meeting with your CFO. Or let's call purchasing in France or let's talk to your partners set up that next meeting and don't leave it up to yeah call me next week set up that next meeting what are you supposed to do if you start to realize that you're talking to a prospect that is pretty much just shopping around someone who just wants to know right now like what is the price uh I can give you a I would say I can give you a ballpark figure but it's really going to be a very ballpark because I, I need in order to give you a real solution a real quote I need to ask you some questions so don't and just it, give them the price. No, because it, and if they don't want to sit down with you and talk about these things for 45 minutes, then you've qualified them. They're not ready. They're not ready to talk with you. And you don't want to be just the one next person they're shopping from. You want to be the last person. And the last person needs to be a little more business-minded and say, we need to talk about these things first so that I can give you a real proposal. I don't have time for that. Well, then why don't we just call me on your next project? Okay. All right, so don't be afraid, really, to... To walk away. Okay, so so okay, so okay, you might realize, and is it if you see that they're not wanting to talk about a lot of these things that you might need to That's walk away? That's your signal. That's your okay. signal that, that it's not really going to happen. But if they go through these conversations, it is happening. But if they're not giving you this information, it's not happening. Be real honest and sincere with yourself. And how long, if I go through all these steps, how long should this take? How long should I be sitting down <laughs> with question. someone for this? It all depends on the personality. The fast talkers, they go through this fast, the slow, methodical. you got to have three or four meetings. And if they involve their jury members, then it's, you know, so, yeah, it's very different. But if you want to move through it fast, then tell them up front what the process is going to be. 
and move as fast as you can and keep your manager updated that you're doing these things. Hey, man, I know I haven't closed it yet, but we're talking to the CFO. You know what I'm saying? So, right. but, but it all depends. It depends on the number of people in the pool, the personalities, and how much confidence you've built in them so you can go through this a lot faster. It can be fast if you practice it. And you had said that there was a podcast that you have that talked about segueing from topic to topic. Right. Do you have other other uh, yeah. podcasts? Yeah, yeah. Other- we we have we have a podcast and a radio show on the personalities, so you know how to do this quicker and better and match the personalities. We also have one on how to how to set up the meeting correctly when you make those initial phone calls, and then also is how to set up your internal sales process with your manager so that you bring the prospect through your process and it's not going all over the place and taking forever. Okay. Well, where can we reach you? Reach me at info at teamrealworld.com or our website, teamrealworld.com, or call me at 225-505-2823. And I've got I've to ask for your Twitter. What's your Twitter? Oh, Twitter, uh, Maurice Vell, V-E-L, and uh, also at Team Real World.